0: Welcome to another edition of Revealing the Diamond. I'm your host, Tiago Prem, and on this show, we're going to do a year in review. So the year 2022, and what to expect going forward, and all of that jazz. So thanks for being here with me. Uh, It's been an incredible year um, for me personally, and I hope uh, it has been for you as well. And I think just spending a little bit of time in this episode just to look at where we've come from and where we're going to go, uh, will really set a fertile foundation uh, for what's next in the world of tattvas and in the world of revealing the diamond. So I've got myself a nice cup of coffee here and I'm ready to do this year in review. If you're in Kelowna uh, in the first week of January, I'll be there teaching uh, at Pranify until January 9th. And then if you're in Vancouver, you can find me at Casa Paul and also at Yoga Union in Tawasan. So looking forward to sharing with you there. And um, yeah, become a full-time student of tatvas. That's the best way to connect with this work. And if you're not able to do that, there's lots of other ways to connect with the work. And we'll talk about that a little later on on the show. But for now, the year in review 2022 on Revealing the Diamond. All right, so let's talk about it. Uh, January, let's go all the way back to January. And in January, uh, my family and I, we were in um, San Pancho in Mexico, and I was uh, really getting back into a consistent morning sadhana. I was getting up early and practicing outside. Um, In that part of Mexico, especially, it's really great in December and January uh, because... It is um, cool in the morning, so you can like wear shorts and a hoodie, which uh, I'm all about, the shorts and a hoodie vibe. You could even wear pants, you know, and then by about 10 o'clock, it's hot and uh, you're ready for uh, beach and tropics mode. So love that area at that time of the year. Um, We had just been on a big family adventure. Um, We had been in Costa Rica and Panama, and you know from previous episodes that I got very sick. Um, I won't go too deep into that, but I will say I was going through some challenges in my own life with, uh, you know, just identity crisis and uh, challenges around. I put a lot of uh, practice into Kundalini Yoga and Dharma Temple and having that all disband and fall apart, and then uh, the pandemic and the passing of four friends during that time, and yeah, just dealing with depression and feeling this inner call to get back to what i had uh my life has it was when i was with dharma uh, when i say dharma i mean Sri dharma mitra and practicing um, you know more dynamic uh, physical yoga practice and getting back into good physical condition healthy physical condition that was my intention going away and then you know find some healing um, for my relationship and for my family. Cause we'd all been through so much during that time. And, uh, yeah, so that, that was my intention. And, you know, I'm sure if you talk to SJ, she has her side of it. And, uh, even Marley, our daughter has her side of it, but that was definitely my intent is to find some healing in that journey. And, you know, the way I, my expectations were, <laughs> uh, funny thing about expectations, right? What was that? I would just go down there, eat fruit, eat rice and beans and uh, eat light, practice hard and get back in a great physical condition and then just like live the dream, you know. And the thing about any kind of uh, pursuit uh, that's related to Dharma, uh, now I'm talking about like your purpose in life, which for me is to study and uh, be a student of yoga and then to share what I've learned along my journey for the sake of service and bringing healing to the world and the thing about um, dharma is you know the it's hard work it's not just like okay i'll just switch this and then i'll be back and good to go you had actually like work through your stuff and i've been through a lot of stuff over the few years and uh, had some you know years behind me of sobriety and and feeling good in that area but just having a lot to process and There was a big push to get out of the country and it took its toll on me. And when we got to the jungle, I got really sick. And you know that from previous episodes. Uncertain as to whether I would recover or not. It was quite intense. And, uh, you know, people say, oh, was it this or that sickness? You know, it really doesn't matter. What matters is that it was really intense. Uh, I came to my edge. In survival mode everything stripped away and really had to come face to face with how do you want to move forward from this and where are you going to find your healing and for a long time um, during those years before i couldn't bring myself to listen to mantra to be listen to the Jubji sahib to do yoga to do anything you know i was just in a deep dark place and all i knew knew was like just stay sober try and support people in recovery kind of white knuckling it to hold it together and uh, that that, that's a hard way to live and it's a hard person to be in relationship with whether that relationship is friends or romantic partners or family or anyone for that matter you know and and uh, i'm learning over time to really be open and vulnerable about what's happening for you in the moment. And I'm really great in hindsight, but in the moment that has has been a, pr- a challenge for me and I'm getting better at it. So just want to share that with you all. So anyhow, I do recover uh, eventually from the sickness. I come face to face with death and um you know, and I start to invite practice back in. And so I I'm, I'm still on the same trajectory just not in the way that I expected. And what was helping me is doing laying in bed because I couldn't do anything. You know, I was very sick, frail. If I got up, I started to cough and then I would cough to the point where I couldn't breathe and uh, it was quite intense. And so what I would do is, you know, I was depressed, watching a lot of Netflix, feeling sorry for myself, like going through all of that doubt and, uh, you know, a crisis, spiritual crisis, physical crisis. And so when I finally came to my darkest moment, um, what, what helped to turn it around is started to do some deep breathing practice and I couldn't really eat. And so at the recommendation of a doctor I, who said I may be amino deficient, I took some bone broth, which for me was, um, I had some, you know, dilemma around my values and just taking care of the animals. So that came up for me and uh, but i didn't know what to do so i did my best and so i was doing deep belly breathing my lung capacity was like i could probably inhale for five or six count hold for five or six count breathe out for five or six count like it was non-existent for somebody who spent many years practicing breathing uh i just couldn't breathe and so i was like i'm just gonna slowly get that back and I started listening to um, Japji in the morning, the prayer of Guru Nanak, a prayer that has been really influential to me in my life, but that I had shut out while I was suffering and trying to heal. And um, yeah, and then I started listening to the music of my youth uh, as a child growing up. Some of you know I was a pastor's kid, so I started listening to some gospel music. And I didn't realize what was happening in gospel music, like with the you know, um, YouTube. Like the YouTube stuff is just amazing, just to see the devotion of some of these uh, praise and worship groups, Christian music, and not interested so much in dogma or religion, but just like the devotion pouring out of uh, Maverick City music and the Elevation Church down in the states, and I I just would weep and listen to this beautiful music and feel the devotion and, and in the jupji. And and then I listened to uh, some uh, pr- pastors, too, like Erwin McManus from Mosaic. I read his book, Genius of Jesus, which was super inspiring. Uh, I discovered Rob Bell. I don't know if anybody um, has ever heard of him, but he wrote this book called What is the Bible that was super inspiring, Made a decision to read the Bible from cover to cover um, in 2022, which I did. And if you were, let's say we were having a conversation right now where you could ask me a question. And let's say your question was, what did you learn from reading the Bible from cover to cover? And I would tell you this I learned two things. One, with technology, it's amazing because you can read the Bible in your pocket, which is pretty cool. So that's the small, small learning. And then the second learning is that even though the Bible has been so distorted uh, because of this colonial lens and how it was used for, to manipulate and exploit, even with that mucky covering, you can still see underneath the uh, essence of, the t- of it. And the essence of it is human beings forgetting who they are, making the mistake of harming each other in the way that you forget, and then, in a moment of grace, being reminded of who you are, and given being given the opportunity to because God is love, to uh, to heal that and to find forgiveness and to find uh, that love within that divine love that defies logic, and to rise again or to be reborn, resurrected, and have another opportunity to choose. Love. That's it, man. Over and over and over and over and over. That's our, <laughs> that's our karma. <clears throat> excuse me, in this lifetime, right? And the Bible is a as a mirror for that. So, if you feel called in any way to uh, look at those scriptures with an open mind, and not, you know, you don't have to convert or become a member of the religion or anything like that. That's not what I'm interested in, nor nor is that how I approached this. I approached it from the place of I'm interested in the bhakti yoga of it, the devotional music and uh, the devotion of Jesus and the compassion and the forgiveness. And I was able to you know, experience those things without uh, needing to become dogmatic. And you might have a lot of baggage around that, And I certainly did for most of my life. And that's kind of why I needed to look at those things as part of my healing is to see if I could find the good in it rather than just like push it away and smack talk it and then just leave it as skeletons in my closet. And so I was able to find healing in the works of Erwin McManus and Rob Bell and, (coughs) excuse me, uh, Nadia Bowles-Weber. She's amazing if you haven't checked her out. Um, the Sarcastic Lutheran. Uh, i highly recommend her, read the Bible from cover to cover, still very inspired inspired by the bhakti of gospel music. and um, did some talks about that early on in the show. And I know that triggered a lot of you and others found healing in that. and you know that's I'm on this healing journey and my commitment is to share my experience with you as best I can. So that's what I did and uh, i hope some of you found some benefit i made some great playlists of gospel music uh, from mexico and really really felt that connection to jesus and to uh, mary maria while i was down there i watched the netflix um, special special i guess i don't know it's like 70 episodes about maria uh, mary magdalena maria magdalena Uh, in Spanish. So that was kind of my Spanish lessons. And I watched that with my mom and with SJ. And great show. It's kind of like Game of Thrones meets the gospel. Uh, If you get a chance, check that out. And that was really healing for me. So that was the beginning of the year. And then from there, um, SJ had suggested that I track down this guy, Mark, uh, aka Hanuman, because he taught rocket yoga. And she said, you know, it might be good for you. You want to get back into a strong practice to make a connection. And I was doing some of the Dharma stuff and and listening to my gospel music and starting to get back into my body. And um, I had gained back the weight and some uh, because I started just eating whatever. After I recovered from that, I was sort of like, I was in a weird space with diet. I was definitely being influenced by uh, people online, like the whole uh, Weston A. Price movement and um, this idea of eating sort of, um, what's the language that they would use? Ancestral diet and my family being from Germany. And so I started to explore having a bit of meat after I recovered. And then uh, being in Mexico and loving travel, I was just like, I'll just eat whatever. And uh, yeah, my, I was just, I had to go through that experience and I gained weight back fast. I was up to maybe almost 210 pounds at the start of the year and just not really taking care of my health per se, but just being like, oh, yay, I'm alive. I'm just going to uh, eat. (laughs) I'm just going to eat. And that's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to eat whatever. And I'll kind of tie back uh, into how I found healing from from that, but it has been a journey. It's not like, like I said, I had the expectation to return to what I was like with when I was with Dharma, minus the drinking and drug taking. And uh, so this is the journey. This is the grace of God uh, guiding me through this experience and having the support of my partner and family and uh, people who really uh, see me, whether they are in the role of students or friends. Um, yeah, I felt, I felt supported to fumble around and try and figure out how to do that. And it wasn't as simple as just flipping a switch. So I did that and I met Mark and uh, we hit it off instantly. And I shared with him some of my journey and my challenges with Kundalini yoga, and how you know I had gone back to eating meat because I had read all of this stuff, and I felt guilty about it, and I didn't know if I was feeling good or if I was just you know like being a glutton or what. Like I've I had some I had some baggage around that, and so I was working through my religious baggage, and I was going to work through my uh, food baggage too, and. Uh, He was really supportive, encouraged me to just like just to practice. And this has happened to me a couple of times in my 25 years of practice where a teacher, (coughs) excuse me, a teacher who I admire, I'm like struggling to try and like, you know, practice Ahimsa and be plant based. And they said, just do the practice and then that stuff will come. Kind of that advice. And time and time again, I've learned that to be true. Like you don't have to fix it with your mind. Just do the do the practices, and your body will naturally be drawn to uh, having more sattvic uh, habits, essentially. And be patient with yourself, but also don't be lazy, because you know the sutras say that yoga is for everybody, um, old, young, sick, anyone, but not the lazy, and that's true. So I started doing rocket with Mark, which was great. I felt the connection to Ashtanga Yoga, which were which is where my roots were early on in my practice days, but with like a different kind of flavor. Um, what I loved about Mark is that he had spent a lot of time doing Shivananda Yoga, so he'd been in the ashram in Bahamas, and so he would chant and have kirtan, and um, yeah, I was able to find myself teaching again, and sharing what I'd learned with Dharma, and we eventually had it set up, so we were practicing together two classes a day, so like I would teach Dharma yoga, and then he would teach Rocket, and then the next day he would teach Rocket, and then I would teach Dharma yoga, (coughs) pardon me, I've got uh, something stuck in my throat here, my apologies, this is all live, I'm not even going to go back and edit it, so just imagine we're hanging out together so anyways um yeah i was practicing a a lot and strong asana and getting things back in my body you know just feeling strong and over time i was like you know what i don't need all this meat it's not working for me and so i made a commitment to be vegetarian again uh, which was great. There's a little falafel joint in uh, which I love. Those of you who know me know I love Lebanese food and Middle Eastern food, and it's easy to be vegan eating eating that way too. And so I was eating vegetarian, you know, doing my best to be vegan, and that felt great. Things were coming back into my body. That felt great. I was getting strong. I was having all of these old insights. I was students were really trusting me to guide them. I was, And I was like, I'm back. This is why I went on this journey. Like, thank you, Mark. Thank you, Hanumanji, for um, supporting me uh, on that journey. And I started to reconnect with Dharma. And all these Dharma yoga people were surrounding me and Raka people. And I just felt so held and supported to uh, heal and to step back into the role of the teacher. And then while I was going through that process over the months, I kept feeling this calling to create something, you know, To share my years of experience and because i was um in a different environment and i had space i it really allowed me to work on it so i spent hours and hours working on digital manual thinking about what uh, this yoga studies program would be like how it could help anyone like whether you had never done yoga before you were in poor physical condition You were injured or whether you had an advanced you know physical practice and everything in between and how we could build it from the ground up and and bouncing ideas off of mark and really just like pouring life into this tattvas program and and feeling like yes this is it this is what this is what's next where i had i hadn't felt like that after dharma temple i felt lost confused depressed afraid sick, um, uh, having dilemmas with my values and my identity, like really feeling lost. And then I was like feeling found again and having some healing around um, my connection to Christ and to Jesus, having some healing around um, my relationship to food and the animals and Ahimsa and compassion. Um, They also had basketball in San Pancho, which was really great for me. Because you all know I love hooping. So I got to play some b-ball out there. And it was great. And then we got to this place where it was like, okay, I think I I think I want to go back to Vancouver. And uh, and SJ was like, okay, let's do it. Let's go back. Let's see how it is. And so we came back and we spent the summer here in Vancouver. And we traveled around and we shared some tattvas at Kelowna, at Pranify. We did a week-long training thing on uh, our our uh, business partner and dear friend and brother Sina's land, uh, Sina and Brit and their uh, kids. And uh, people came from the United States and from other parts of Canada. And we really dove into this Tatvas training. It was beautiful. And I I really felt like, yeah, this is it. And, you know, I was getting back into my practice and yeah, it was really an inspiring time of just laying some foundation and, and working on connecting people with this new idea and um as it was coming to life, I was starting to see like these it, these influences from Ashtanga and from Dharma Mitra, things that were dear to me in my journey as well as yoga philosophy and pranayama and meditation and, you know, just looking at the practice in an integrated, holistic uh, manner. And I was working with people in sort of two realms. I was looking at my work in two realms, like uh, recovery and helping people in with addiction and recovery work, and then the yoga studies program. And I sort of thought about them as separate. And I really had some insights over the summer and moving into fall of, you know what? The people who are really having success in the recovery uh, department are people who have a little bit of time sober and are open to taking on a spiritual practice. And then when I would take clients on who aren't yet sober and maybe are open to spirituality, they think they want to get sober, but they're still kind of holding on to like, well, maybe I don't have a drinking problem, or maybe it's not that bad, or maybe I'll just do, you know, like 30 days or 90 days and tone it down, and you know, that kind of thing, and that was really hard for me, because what happens, and I've been that person before, what happens when you're in that state is when you decide that you're going to use, you look for someone to blame, and I had some experiences where it was like people who weren't ready were looking at me as like well you didn't support me enough and you didn't whatever right and that's really tough and then i had other people relapse and disappear and and worrying about them and i it was just like spirit or you know the inner guide the inner knower was like that's you've got to refine your approach and so i started thinking about it more as Go through the Tattvas Yoga Studies program if you have a little bit of sobriety behind you and you're ready. Because that's, for me, that's that's how I did it. And I can only share how I experienced it. And if you're not ready for that yet, like go to a live-in treatment, go to AA, get some tracks underneath you. And then once you're, even if it's like a month or 90 days or and you know you're willing to do some daily practice, this can really help you. But just not having these two separate worlds, it's all within tattvas. And if you, want to, if you want support in your recovery as you go through tattvas, we can do it that way. But the focus is on the sadhana because that's where the healing happens. And if you're not ready for that yet, you're not ready for a daily morning sadhana, then you know you got to get yourself to that point. So that was a big wake-up call for me. And I'm grateful for the, those were some hard lessons, but some really beneficial lessons. And now the folks who are more in that sort of space in their life, they're really benefiting from uh, TATVAs. And I feel like I can really show up and serve them. So thank you, everybody who's uh, working through TATVAs as part of your recovery process. Um, and then when I got back, I had been talking to a friend that has a Mysore program. And I was like, you know what? I just want to be a student again. And I want to humble myself and start Mysore over and start an Ashtanga yoga in a traditional sense over again. It's been a long time. Um, I had my time doing the Dharma thing, doing the rocket thing, and I think I'm ready. And I I had reached out to a couple of people who were going to my friend Jeff's Mysore program. And I was like, maybe I'll go to lead class. Looks like they have it once a week or like go to Mysore one or two days, just kind of you know integrate that into what i'm doing already and um i was definitely feeling called to step into that world and and then i I went a couple days then i was like no i'm this is not a couple day thing i'm in and then i've just been going like six days a week doing the whole thing new moons off full moons off six days a week you know, moved through first series, working on second series. And I've just been like, oh man, it feels so good to be home and doing that practice. And you know, it is just, it's alchemy, it's medicine. And uh, I wouldn't have been ready before to step into that kind of discipline. And now that I'm doing that, I'm like, oh, yo, this is what was missing, you know, that I had from Kundalini that helped me get sober. This structure, this daily routine, being able to see myself, and it's so beneficial. Um, I've shed the weight. You know, I dropped from two hundred and ten down to one hundred and seventy-five, which is where I was at when I was with Dharma. I'm strong, light, doing things I haven't done in a long time, doing things for the first time, uh, getting up early, and it's it's informing the rest of my work. It's like. You know, how I show up as a teacher in tattvas is amazing. How I show up as a father has been amazing. Um, Just seeing with clarity what's next, creating from that space. And so I'm super stoked to be back uh, to Ashtanga and incorporating that into tattvas. And that's part of, you know, where we're going from here into 2023, you know, and I can get to that. Uh, But before I say that, I will say, you know, I I did this study of the Gita because I've been working on a translation of the Gita for the Tattvas Level 2 and shared it with you all here on Revealing the Diamond, which has been a real beautiful blessing. And thank you to everyone who's reached out and shared how that's been an impact in your life. And I just want to remind you at this point before I talk about what's happening in 2023, Um, that as soon as we move into January, those are going to be a part of the text studies program for tattvas. So if you haven't listened to them yet, you know, you got a few days to plug in. And then um, we're really going to focus the energy here on this being for students, this work being for students. And I'm still going to do episodes like this and check in with the community as service. But it's really important to me um, that I am a student and that you are a student. That's, that's what this is about, and I've really received that message loud and clear. So speaking about being a student, let me tell you about 2023 and being a student, because that's going to be my theme uh, for, this, for this year, is be, being a student. And I heard somebody say recently that Sherat, the grandson of Patabi Joyce, he said, might have been for my friend Miriam, uh, she, she's been a great source of inspiration for me. Uh, here as I've been going back to Mysore and f- just feeling so great to be back to Ashtanga. Um, he said, Sherat said that everybody wants to be a teacher in present-day yoga and nobody wants to be a student. And that's a problem because if you're not a student, you don't really have any business teaching. And when I look at Patabi Joyce, when I look at Yogi Bhajan, just for some big examples, that's where they missed the mark. If you're not practicing, and I'm guilty of this, if you are not practicing, if you do not have a consistent sadhana, you don't have any business teaching. Like, take a break. Stop teaching until you get it back. And, and that's where I got lost. And I learned that lesson the hard way. And it, you know, those guys learned that, well, they didn't even learn that lesson. Those, You, you may end up causing a lot of harm to others and to yourself if you don't abide by the integrity of you are a student first. And if you're not, do not teach. You don't have time for your practice, stop teaching and focus on your practice. For real. That's integrity, my friends. So, you know, if the students want to come at 4 in the morning, you got to get up at 1 that's it, that's your job. And that's a hard pill to swallow for some folks, but that's this work, you know? It's not an easy path and I've been learning that. I've been learning that as I go. So to be a student in 2023, let me tell you what I'm gonna do as a student and then let me share what I can offer to you as a student. This year in 2023, as a student, um, I am going to learn to be proficient making Indian food in the kitchen. So that's what I'm working on. I'm really ki- committed to a disciplined sadhana, which I've been doing steady. Um, and I can share more about that with you if you're in the Tattva Satsang or uh, Tattva's uh, full-time student. And I'm taking on a year-long mentorship with Taylor Hunt, An experienced Ashtanga Yoga teacher uh, with the intention of getting certification from Sharat in Mysore and incorporating Ashtanga Yoga into the curriculum of tattvas and into where I teach publicly. So I feel really good about that. And I'll share with you my journey as we go. And I'm looking forward to making some trips down to Columbus, Ohio and getting uh, really Close and Connected with Taylor. He's inspiring. If you've never heard of him, check him out. Taylor Hunt. So that's what I'm doing as a student. And then what I can offer you as a student in 2023 is that um, one option, I'll go in order of commitment. Option number one is you subscribe to the text studies, which means you continue to get access to Revealing the Diamond, the text studies episodes, which are going to come out every Monday, every week. And uh, you can continue to study in that way. And it's just $5 Canadian per month, you know, which breaks down to like $1.25 an episode. So that's pretty good. So that's the easiest way. The second way is to become a member of the Tatva Satsang. So on January 19th, that's where we're going to start, January 19th, we're going to start doing this Thursday night call at 6 p.m. Pacific time. And at 6 p.m. Pacific time, we'll be on a call on Zoom for an hour, and we are going to talk about Dinacharya, your daily practice, your daily routine, excuse me. We're going to talk about sadhana, your daily practice, and we're going to talk about everything that's going on with you. You're also going to get an intake where we look at your dosha and have uh, an Ayurvedic consultation and really look at how I can support you in that way. And... Uh, Yeah, and that's going to go by cycles. So you can uh, pay, I think it's, let me me go to the website here while I'm talking to you and make sure I tell you the right thing. Yeah, so there's four cycles per year. It goes by the season. It's $150 per season. So that comes out to $600 if you pay by the season or $500 for the whole year. And you have access to those weekly calls. You have the personalized dosha reading, personalized daily routine support, uh, recommendations for diet and routine, which I need to circle back to. Uh, maybe I'll do that right now. So uh, as, uh, as I may have shared with some of you, now that my uh, sadhana is back in full swing and stronger than ever, um, all the animal products have just dropped away. And you know what, like my teacher said before, you just don't need it you know but it's not the other way around so in ayurveda anything can be medicine and so you may need animal product for to treat some kind of illness you know that's possible and i've experienced that but it isn't a part of um a cons- your consistent sadhana diet the body just will leave it you know and if that's not where you are now and you have you know hooks in your mind about no that's not the way it is just don't worry about it just do your best to be compassionate, do your practice, and observe. That's all I'm saying. And in my experience, you know, the deeper you get into the sadhana, the more uh, anything tamasic like dead flesh or drugs or alcohol, it, you just won't have room for it. It'll just drop away, okay? Unless you're in a place where you it needs to go now and you don't have the tools to deal with it, then you need a you know a, a more consistent program to drop it now. But other than that, if some things are hanging on and you think this is serving me for right now, okay, do your practice. Do your practice, okay? And in the Tattva Satsang, um, you can get more information on this at TattvasYoga.com. And I want to let you know that if you are a full-time student in Tattvas, you will have access to the Satsang and you will have access to the text studies. So you 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 get everything if you're a full time student. If you're not in a position to be a full time student, pay your five bucks a month, get access to the text studies, or you want to go a little deeper, come to the Thursday night calls and engage in a relationship with me where we can text and look at your doshas and look at Ayurveda and your daily routines, and I can support you in that way. And that's 150 bucks per season, which is like 50 bucks a month, somewhere around there. Okay which if you think about it per week, it's not that much. Like do do the math, 1250 per week, something like that. So I'm trying to make this as accessible as possible, but you also have to remember this is my work. I have a family, I'm doing my best to be of service, um, but also like, you know, I wanna, I'm like a wandering monk and also a householder and it's a delicate balance. And I'm, you know, I know that I have struggled in the past Um, after dharma temples trying to figure out what to do and now uh, that i have this steadiness i'm calling on you for your support and maybe we can meet in the middle and study together that's my my intention with this so you can get the annual satsang 500 bucks for the whole year or you can go 150 per cycle there are four cycles per year those are some options to look at for the satsang And then, of course, there's the full-time student, and that's what I recommend. And full-time students, um, you know, you pay for 14 sessions. That's a semester, and you work at your own pace with my support. We have a call every 7 to 14 days, and I really mentor and guide you fully in your journey. And I would recommend that as the best way to go. There's also an option, I have a, a sale till the end of the year here, to, you know, get a a crazy deal to get 25% off for the whole year which is like meaning you would save like $1,200 and that's only till the beginning of January here so if you're interested get the whole year go for it you know go big uh, so that's an option too if you have questions you can always email me tiagaprem at tiagaprem.com but this year is all about being a student you know, that's my intent. And I, I want the same for you. I'm also planning to do some uh, week-long intensives in Mexico in March. So you can look forward to that. And then, as I mentioned, you can catch me on the mat in person right now in Vancouver at Casa Copal, as well as in, um, uh, Tawasin at Yoga Union. So those are some ways that you can connect with me. And, um, Yeah. Become a member. Oh, if you don't know how to do the tech studies, you just go on Spotify where you listen to the podcast and you subscribe, and then you'll be able to get all of the uh, episodes. If you are a Tatvas full-time student and you're listening to this, what's going to have to happen is is I'm going to have to figure out, which might take me uh, a little bit of time when we transfer over, but I'll have it done by the beginning of January uh, figure out how I can give you access to those uh, without you having to pay that monthly fee. Unless, of course, you feel like, ah, oh, no, I just want to support. <laughs> you could do that. But I'm I'm thinking it's probably all going to have to go into your manual. Um, but we'll see. I'll see what I can do. Maybe I can give you a code or something. I'd, I really don't know how that works on the back end of Spotify. So I will figure that out for you all and then we can go forward as students in 2023. So those are all of my updates. If you have questions about tattvas, let me know. Looking forward to seeing you on the mat, looking forward to incorporating more and more Ashtanga into the curriculum um, and uh, eventually even holding space uh, in a Mysore program down the line. But for now, I'm, uh, I'm a student and uh, i'm grateful to share my 25 years of experience as a teacher in every way that i can um, through the text studies through the tattvas satsang calls on thursday nights and through the full-time tattvas yoga studies program thank you everybody who supported me in that and who has uh, been so consistent and dedicated in your practice if you're feeling the call do it now i'm serious this is one of the very I've done a lot of yoga in a lot of settings, and I'm very proud of what I'm doing here because I feel like it can really serve you where you're at in life and um, really make some big changes and some transformation and turn poison into medicine, whether it's recovery or you want to be you know, in integrity as a yoga teacher or you just want to experience some healing in your life. Um, Tattva's yoga studies program is really going to help you in that journey. I can guarantee it. So thanks for journeying with me. Um, As for those of you who are not able to study for whatever reason, um, I'll still keep putting up episodes here and there for you to listen to. Uh, You can come to classes. You can reach out to me if you're like, I need a scholarship or a payment program. Um, I'm always open to having those conversations with you all in this journey. So thanks for listening. And uh, I will be in Kelowna from the 1st until the 9th of um, January. And then I'll be back in Vancouver holding it down. Stay tuned for more updates about Tatva's Yoga Studies here. Follow me on Instagram. And uh, I love you all so much. Thanks for taking this journey with me. And I will see you soon or you will hear me soon right here on Revealing the Diamond.